As we near 2022 and what we hope will be the end of our COVID-dominated lives, experts say there's a hybrid lifestyle emerging. Think home and office work, people leaving the city to live a more rural lifestyle, and new retail realities. It's all having an impact on the cosmetics and personal care space. Bradley and Yonina Skaggs, co-founders of a creative branding agency, say that it's also impacting packaging as well. Today, I have Team Skaggs on the line to find out more about what they are seeing firsthand and how less packaging in this new era where sustainability matters as much as style. I'm going to ask Brad and Yunita a lot about the unboxing experience and how brands can work in those capacities moving forward. Hey, welcome, Bradley and Yunita. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for Thanks having, having us. us. No, we're happy to have you. So my first question, and I'm going to ask this, Janina, uh, if you can maybe address it for me, is about the whole mm-hmm. unboxing experience. You know, you say that consumers will still be looking for this experience, but with a lot less of the trash that normally comes with it. And I was wondering if you can mm-hmm. share some ideas on how a brand might be able to achieve this. Yeah, so um, first of all, uh less is more so less paper less um you know greeting cards or whatever what often comes with it so the first thing that i like to suggest is to print the message on the inside of the box so there is no other material that is stuffed in the boxes um and then create the boxes so they're more snug fit into what you're putting into there and then also the box that the product sits in make that so it is um you know sturdy and not too much fluff and and stuff around it and then um the products um on the cardboard on the inside for example of the product box you can print messages on that as well rather than having all sorts of other insert cards and other, you know, how to use or whatever it is. And also, um, you know, the other thing that we have seen that has been asked from our clients is, well, what about QR codes? Can we not just print QR codes and then we don't have to put all the other stuff in there, which we have been actually doing a lot more like, more ingredient information or you know they can also you know with a qr code when you go to the website it can be a dedicated website for the you know the ingredient or information videos whatever it is so there is a lot more that we can do um interactively online so it doesn't always have to be you know, everything thrown into a box, if that makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. That's uh, some great advice. Um, You know, another big packaging trend that I really wanted to ask both of you was um, about the whole idea of refillable packaging. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering, is this a trend that you think may really start to take off in 2022? We hope so. Um, It's, you know, it's been around for a while and I think people are slowly, but surely getting there and just to be clear we're not we're not saying that the unboxing experience shouldn't be great it, but the the trick is to make 
you know, whatever you're selling, something that people want to keep. Um, and because I didn't, then I think then the refill becomes a much more, uh, a much more interesting option, right? So, for example, if you were to take like a, a soap, a bottle of soap, there's, I don't think a lot of people see a compelling reason to keep the bottle of soap uh, rather than just buy a new one. Unless, of course, they start to understand that maybe the refill will cost 50% less and it can refill a dispenser three times or there's some kind of value add to it that that makes it more uh, attractive. I think also if you look at a Kyler Weiss, for example, they're compact. You know, it's really, really beautiful and it's expensive and it it's very well made. And I think I don't think anybody would want to throw that thing in the trash, honestly. So, again, to buy the refill makes a lot of sense. Um, okay yeah that definitely you know and you mentioned that brand so you know and obviously product there's a lot of differences in products so are there differences when you're dealing with like things like refill um, between luxury and mass maybe or even different product categories like a like you mentioned facial cleansing or makeup or home cleaning are there differences when you're dealing with different types of products I don't think so I think it has to do with the refill being in line with what the brand's about, right? So, for example, uh, there was a skincare line we worked on that it only had two products, a cream and a serum. The cream was $400, and the vessel that it came in was made by, uh, I think it was called Bernadotte, the French porcelain company. Uh, it was beautiful. And again, I don't think anybody would want to, if you spent that kind of money, like just throw that thing away. So an insert makes a lot of sense. Um, there's another brand we work with called The Harmonist. Their fragrances are quite expensive, but they do a beautiful refill for all of them. And the refill comes in a very simple box and it's got a nice kind of cute looking little copper funnel that comes with it to make it easy to refill. So I don't know that the whole unboxing experience has to be the thing that happens just off, you know, the main shipping box. It can also be what happens within the little box that you're, that you're buying again, make it functional and make it as little waste as possible. But um, I don't think it has to be boring. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Junior, did you want to add anything to that? I agree with Bradley has to say there. And I think, Luxury is definitely going to take off. It just really has to be done in a way that speaks the DNA of the brand. You can't really use the same methods that a CVS brand is, is doing. And it has to probably be done and thought out that people really, first of all, don't throw out the containers, but rather come back and by less expensive refills. And but the refills could be done also in a way like that fragrance brand that we were working with. The refill container itself is beautiful. I would even want to keep that. <laughs> right. You know, something else that just popped in my head. I, over the we we worked with Diptyque for years and it was amazing because if you would go on social media, for example, you would see all these pictures that people would take of how they kept the candle vessels and they would use them to put pencils in or makeup brushes or whatever it was. And, and, you know, people just didn't want to throw it away because they just 
spent $85 on that beautiful candle and the label's cool and it looked neat and nice. And I noticed like uh, this year they finally released like um, accessories to hold the vessel. So it was like a, I don't know if it's copper or what it's made out of, but it's like a handle for the thing. And I think what's interesting about it is how they've, they've found an opportunity to actually make the leftover product more usable by introducing another product. Oh, that's definitely an interesting spin. So it seems like, you know, maybe a brand needs to think about their packaging in that way. So are there any other, yeah. um, you know, what are some of the areas that you think might be holding brands back um, in terms of offering a refill or like having them think about offering their products as a refill? Well, I think it boils down to um, the supply chain. I don't think vendors have caught up with it and it's easier for them. I mean, it's, I hate to say this, but it's kind of, you know, teaching an old dog new tricks in a way Mm -hmm. um, because these vendors have been around for many, 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 many years and a lot of them are really reluctant to make a change and it has made a lot of us and our clients very difficult really to get something that is off the shelf and is not going to break our client's bank because a lot of the clients we work with are niche brands and um you know it's it's it it's tough i mean we've been we're working with an australian brand skincare brand and we we spent months and months to try to find the right refillable package for her um you know that fits the packages and you know many of them yeah so it's it is it will catch on, but I think we really need to educate the vendors that this is really needed. Right. We really need to get on the game. Right. That makes a lot I of think, sense. I think, too, that they're, they're used to selling components. Yeah. And they make, they make their money selling components. And it, they're going to make more money probably selling the, the whole set of components than just selling a, a, a refill component. But one could argue that's also a little bit, you know, nearsighted because it, 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 there's just like Diptyque with looking at the product and realizing there's something else they could do with it and create another set of accessories. There's an opportunity business-wise there. But I just, I think what Yanina is saying too is like, it's not going to, until the industry really wants to make it affordable and an option, it's really, really tough for a brand to, to, to find these options. Right. And it's going to take, you know, suppliers, uh, packaging companies and brands working together to really kind of make this. Exactly. Pushing, yeah. you know, where we are forward. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think the other thing that's interesting about it is, you know, there was a slow adoption of subscription services, right? It took a while. Birchbox came out, people like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And then it, they slowly but surely you subscribe to everything right now. Amazon, everybody subscribes, right? Right. So I think now the next trick is just training the consumer to subscribe for the refill. And why not? You know, it's it's just as easy. I think there's a brand called Blue Brand, Blue Land. You may know of them that do cleaning products. The whole brand ethos is based on the idea of from day one of 
of refills. So your initial package has the, 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 the bottles, but from there on, it's all subscription service of these refills. Right, right. They're definitely doing pushing that um, side of the cleaning business for sure. Yeah, and that's the whole business model. It's nothing. It's not about one-off buying. It's all about subscribing to the refill. Right, and subscribing to the uh, the brand, buying into the brand, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. what you're right. I mentioned before it's part of their DNA. Yeah, and um, then they support it by having you know extremely clean and really thought out products that work, and that that's the other thing that consumers really cued into these days, right? So it has to. It's more than just what the the packages or the refill it's also got to be about what's in it right um so you know i just want to ask you just in general you know we're inching up on 2022 as we speak um are there any other um you know we're talking about refills and things like that are there any other big picture trends that maybe beauty or home care brands should keep in mind right now when it comes to their packaging, either in terms of sustainability or refill or, you know, design, what are some big picture trends that you're, that you're tracking right now? Um, I would say in terms of material, we get a lot more requests now from our clients to find materials that are either biodegradable or made out of something else than just paper like we or plastic yeah and plastic go away from plastic um on the paper side we have and this is sort of a typical story with you know the big brothers taking away that is already sustainable so when we started our business many moon years ago this was in 1999 um we printed our first business cards on bamboo paper Wow. And then that supplier got bought by one of the big boys and they they took them off the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are available like, you know, you know, other things and then just paper or plastic. But it's, again, the accessibility that is sort of taken away from us. Um, another thing that they're making... Um, the paper out of banana husks, obviously hemp paper is out there too. But, you know, people are just not aware of it. And some of them are sort of reluctant to use it because it's not the cool thing right now. And that's, you know, rolls over to what a lot of indie brands make the mistake. They sort of, oh, I like this. I want to, I want the same thing. And they, We've seen it a lot. They they end up doing the same thing that there is already out there and not really thinking really through what their DNA is and how they should be designing their packages or, you know, that truly comes from their, them. And, it, and that way it will becoming, you know, will become very special to the consumer. But right now I feel like everybody is doing this me too thing, like, oh, they are doing that, then we have to do this too. It's the same thing with colors, packaging, <laughs> websites. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and it's sometimes really hard to convince them that this is not the right way that they should, the path that they should be taken because it will, they will get lost in the clutter. I mean, if you look like your competition, how is the consumer going to recognize you? And that's often mm-hmm. what they don't understand. 
I think the biggest trend that's emerging these days is just the moving away from plastic. We hear it all the time and it's great, you know, because uh, a lot of those components are so small they can't be recycled anyhow. So I just want to make sure that's clear because I think that's a, it's a really big deal. And, and the way there's the innovation now happening, like what we were looking at the other day, there was something, a, a brand making a material out of coconut husk. You know, there's all kinds of different materials that are being explored and, and tested uh, to move away from plastic. Are there any other tips you could give an indie brand or um, a niche brand when they're like picking their packaging outside of try not to do what everyone else is doing? Are there ways that you can help them in terms of standing out? I mean, it's again, it's not about making the unboxing experience boring or not giving the brand something different. But like Yunina is saying, if you're just doing what everybody else is doing, you're not defining yourself any differently. So it comes back again to what do you really stand for and, and making sure that it comes through the Australian brand we were talking about. They're all, you know, the core part of that brand is that everything, there's a very, very big sustainable message. The, everything about it, the brand is a wellness brand after all. So it's, it's not only what's in you, it's what's on you and it's what's around you too. So, um, and I think by doing that, they're they're changing the paradigm a bit because they understand the importance of the environment around you. And you can you can take the best supplements or take the eat the best food, but if the environment around you is not healthy and conducive to that that lifestyle, then it's it's not really going to work. So the point is that there's a there's a much larger. Um, I think brands need to be thinking more about the bigger lifestyle picture of, of their consumer. Yeah. Okay. There's one more thing that I want to add to the unbox or like the boxing experience. Another thing that, you know, since the, well, I would say pandemic or even before that, um, you know, shipping is a big part of our life now. I mean, everybody is ordering online, but nobody is really sort of thinking about the carbon footprint and another thing that we are trying to push to is make the box lighter so that you're not shipping heavy glass. I mean, that Australian brand is actually trying to alleviate or leave the glass, you know, not using glass anymore because it gets really heavy in shipping and it's, obviously breakable and then we often forget how glass is made which is not necessarily a very environmentally friendly thing um it just is very energy intensive yeah so it does affect the environment so that's something that people have to just start to think a little bit deeper about you know how they're gonna box there or how they're going to put their product into something um, without damaging the planet more. I mean, that's, that's really at the end of the day. That's really what we're trying to do is minimize our trash and footprint. Right. That's so true. I mean, when you think about it, packaging, it's a, big equation in terms of how a brand um, operates because it, you're right it's not just the jar or the bottle it's 
how it's produced, how it gets there, how it's consumed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is a complicated and complex question that every brand needs to answer for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Makes a lot of sense. So why have you two on the line here? I'd love to know your take before um, we go. You know, you obviously track, I'm sure, tons of different categories and brands. And I'm wondering if you could give me some um, examples outside of beauty or home care um, or just some general ideas of brands that you love their packaging or their presentation or their approach. Um, Well, this one's kind of obvious, but my favorite would would be Apple. Okay. Of course, they've got billions of dollars to spend on it. But if you look at it, it's very minimal. And over the years, they've reduced the amount of packaging. They've introduced new materials that are more sustainable. They've gotten rid of complete shrink wrap plasticking. They innovated a very cool way to keep products secure in, the, um, in retail. Yeah. And I think if you look back, the size of the packaging has continuously gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. So uh, it's like Ikea almost, the fact of like, why should we be shipping around a bunch of air when we can just ship the flat pieces of wood and somebody else can put it together. It, it reduces the amount of energy needed and, and the waste associated with it. So that'd be mine. How about you? Yonina? No, I agree with you on Mahpul just because, you know, three days ago I got, you know, these iPad, what do you call it? iPods? <laughs> Air- AirPods. <laughs> yeah. And, you sound like me too. My kids yeah. say the name right correctly anytime. So I hadn't, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't bought an Apple product in a very, very long time. Although we use Apple, you know, for work and all of that, for for personal use, I haven't. It's been years, and um, I was just so amazed by the unpacking experience. There was no plastic, like Bradley was saying. Everything was so snug and tight, and just beautifully designed. And thought out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I number one is Apple for me, for sure. Great, yeah, Apple's impressive. Um, you know, every product um, that we get to, um, I'm always amazed when we're opening up the boxes as well. Which isn't as often for myself. It's more often for my two teenage daughters. But um, <laughs> so I, yeah. I know you're feeling about, uh, you know, AirPods, EarPods. I call them the wrong name all the time. So. <laughs> all right, Yudina Bradley, thank you so much. I don't know if there's anything else, um, you know, we can offer up to our, re- our listeners right now in terms of 2022 and what to look out for in terms of um, packaging trends and beauty and personal care. Again, I think it's just about you know, just trying to use as little as possible, but don't lose the essence of what the brand's about. And I, yeah. and just move away from this trend of, you know, I think for a while there, and it's changing a little bit, but there was this moment where the opening the box, it was just supposed to be this incredibly decadent experience that was totally Instagrammable and so amazing. And we've, we've joked, you know, around like we should just open a box up. There should be a message that says Instagram this. And it's just the fact that it's very minimal and nothing. And maybe that's also the message that needs to get out there, you know, in some way that you've, you've already convinced a person to buy the product. It's not like this is a sales piece to make them want to do the purchase. So if anything, it should be at a moment for the brand to push the message about why it's doing what it's doing and why it cares about its sustainability and 
you know, why this, what this is, what's in it for the consumer in the end, whether it be less cost or the fact that they're doing, they're helping them do their part to be more responsible corporate citizens, whatever it is. I just think that whole shift needs to happen in the package unboxing experience is where that can happen because everybody's going to go through it. Great. Thanks, Bradley. And you, Nina, thanks to you, too, for joining us on this happy podcast. And to our listeners who'd like to get more information on their creative branding agency called Skags, please visit happy.com. <laughs>